Hello! Welcome to Be Your Best Self-Health Chats, weekly casual conversations about taking health into your own hands. I am your host, Kristen Longacre. Hey guys, it's Kristen. We are going to jump into the episode in just a second, but before we do, I need to tell you about the Busy Mom's Guide to Meal Planning. It's going to teach you a 15-minute process that will take the stress out of mealtime. So you no longer have to hear, what's for dinner tonight? Stress about what you're going to throw in the oven when you get home for work. Or deal with figuring out mealtime when you have been at an evening of activities at school. The answer to your family's dinnertime questions is the Busy Mom's Guide to Meal Planning. In this guide, it is going to take you step by step through defining healthy for your family, finding new recipes in places you might not expect, planning meals around your schedule, not planning your schedule around meals, and having a plan at the grocery store so you don't end up with more than you need and spending money on junk you don't want in your house. Click the link in the show notes to grab your guide for $9.95. The guide will be emailed to you to print out, fill out, and send you on your way. Soon you're going to be rocking mealtime and you're going to forget that that stress ever existed. If you lined up six teaspoons of sugar on a table, like lay them out six teaspoons of that white sugar on a table, would you look at that and say that looks pretty gross? Most likely, yes. You'd be like, ew, who like you wouldn't want to just eat six teaspoons of sugar. I'm going to blow your mind here for a second. A recent study showed that Americans eat on average 23 teaspoons of sugar per day. Now think about that lined up on a table. That probably feels even grosser. Like, I kind of want to go take a shower when I think about that. I don't hate sugar, but there are ways to cut that number down and reasons we should be way more conscious of the amount of sugar we're consuming in our diet these days. Today, we're going to continue our conversation of 10 reasons your diet isn't working, and we're going to talk about sugar. Shock, I'm sure you're so surprised. Before we do, let's talk about where we come from and where we're going on it all. The first reason your diet isn't working is because you're dehydrated. Your second reason, you're focusing on the quantity of foods over the quality of foods. We become food snobs in week two. In week three, we moved on to, are you sticking to your diet like you say you are with a little bit of a gut punch? And we followed that gut punch up with week four, that fast food is still junk food, no matter how healthy you try and make it. In week five, we talked about protein and why not eating enough protein could be the reason for your diet failing. Last week, we dug into sleep and how if you're averaging less than six hours of quality sleep a night, it's going to have an effect on your body as a whole, including weight loss, diet, health goals, etc. This week, week seven of 10, we are talking all about eating too much sugar. Obviously, we've gotten there in the intro. Next week, we're going to talk about not moving our body enough. And then in week nine, we're going to jump into focusing only on cardio and why being a cardio rat is not going to necessarily be good for your long-term health. And number 10, my favorite of all reasons, your diet is not custom to you. So stay tuned over the next three weeks as we wrap this series up. And if you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to the first six episodes of the series, plus an intro episode where we highlighted high-level 10 reasons your diet isn't working. 
Now let's jump back into the sugar conversation. When we're talking about sugar, I'm going to be the first to tell you I'm not here to demonize natural sugars. Sugars found in fruits and vegetables are good sugars. They, I don't care what people say, bananas have too much sugar, don't eat carrots because they have too much sugar. No. As I heard on the Key Nutrition podcast this morning while I was lifting my weights, no one gets fat from eating a pineapple. And that is so true. Um, they were digging into sugars and all that kind of thing and being a bro gym guy who doesn't eat um, the fruits and stuff because it has too much sugar in it. I am not that person. I do realize that there are medical reasons why somebody would lean away from eating too much fruit. However, I do think in terms of when you're looking at do I eat an apple or do I eat a cookie, the apple is going to win out regardless of how much sugar is in either of them. In this case, we're going to talk all about processed sugars this week. This is the sugars found in our favorite sweets, found in bread, found in many everyday things, and we're going to dig into all of that. If the food comes from a factory, most likely it has some form of sugar in it or sugar substitute. And while we aren't going to talk very specifically about sugar substitutes today, those are important to know. Sugar substitutes do act in similar ways to sugar sometimes, and if they don't, there may be other medical effects that they have on your body. So definitely keep that in mind as you are looking to shift away from eating too much sugar. Sometimes reaching for the low or no sugar option isn't necessarily going to be any better than reaching for the regular sugar option. Your diet isn't going to fail if you eat a minimal amount of sugar. Some processed foods here and there. Obviously, I mentioned fruits, bananas, all that kind of stuff isn't going to be the reason your diet fails. But the reason that sugar can be such an issue for somebody who's trying to lose weight or get your health under control or just make healthier choices is because sugar is addicting. Yes, this is a side of sugar we don't talk about that much. We joke about it. There's memes everywhere about how addicting sugar is. But we don't realize that it truly is a dopamine hit to our brain. When you eat something with sugar in it, for example, you go and you grab an Oreo cookie. I'm going to pick on Oreos, but I love Oreos. You go and grab an Oreo cookie. You eat it. Your brain goes, life is awesome. And then 30 minutes later, you have that sugar crash. So you think, huh, I want another Oreo. So you go back in the kitchen and you grab another Oreo or two. 30 minutes later, you have that crash. Now think about it. When you buy a box of cookies, how often do you just eat one cookie? I mean, rarely, <laughs> unless you have some awesome self-control. But sugar is doing exactly that. Sugar is addicting, and it gives our brain this dopamine hit that tells us that life is good. It tells us that things are awesome and that we can move on with life in a positive direction. But that dopamine hit only lasts for so long. Usually 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes if you're lucky. Then you need more because you're like, oh my God, it's wearing off. Your brain's like, give me more of that stuff that made me happy. And so you go through this constant cycle where that one cookie turns into an entire package of cookies. That one gummy bear suddenly becomes an entire bag of gummy bears. Hello, guilty as charged. When you are eating processed foods or foods that are high in sugar, this is something to keep in mind. Go in with intention. And we're going to talk all about reducing this later, but you need to start paying attention to 
those moments. When are you going in for that one little bite of sugar and then not stopping? People start to go through sugar detoxes and go in these situations. I see them all over the internet as somebody who's in the health and wellness industry. Sugar detoxes are so popular and it's because of this exact reason. You truly do need to detox when you are on a round of sugar addiction, when you are reaching for that one cookie, when you're in that cycle and you go to break that cycle, you have detox effects. If you truly want to know, depending on how much sugar you eat a day, going through a detox is going to actually send you your body through a detox situation. So you have the headaches, the cravings, the sweats, the fevers, and all of that could happen depending on how much sugar you're eating a day. People know that they need to cut out sugar, but because it's like a drug, it's not something that's easy to cut out. So they rely on these detoxes. But what happens next? They get back to it. We're going to talk about reducing sugar in a minute, but before we get there, we need to talk about the effects of sugar on the body. I just shared about how sugar affects your brain. It's that dopamine hit, that excitement, but there's so much more to it. So let's talk about sugar and hormones to start with. If you're female, you are probably all too familiar with the ups and downs that come with your regular cycle. There's the PMS, there's the happy days, there's the mad days, there's the frustrated days, there's the anxious days. But did you know that having too much sugar can actually affect things even more? So not only do you have the up and down of PMS, but you have the truly up and down of PMS if you are eating too much sugar. So think about it. When you're going through your cycle or you're on day one through five, you know where I'm going, and you reach for that tub of ice cream because you just want to fix life you're actually making that imbalance worse. Bringing in excess sugar can actually cause inflammation in your body. That means your body is becoming inflamed or swollen or bruised, not bruised, but like the effects of a bruise on your body. And in turn, inflammation, which inflammation goes hand in hand with hormones, it causes hormone imbalance. So when you're craving those sweets, you're adding so much fuel to the fire. That PMS is now going from a little roller coaster to a massive roller coaster. But what do we do? We reach for that tub of ice cream. Our bodies do take time to process sugar. So when that sugar is showing up as inflammation, it might not be showing up right away. Sure, maybe you're bloated after eating that tub of ice cream. Maybe not. But within the next few days, you start to notice your skin is breaking out even more than it normally does when you're on your period, right? You're getting more rashes. You're getting acne kind of in other places, maybe on your back, stuff like that. You're seeing a lot of bloating that you can't get to go away. That is all coming from your hormones being imbalanced. And one of the number one things that throws your hormones off is that sugar. So do you see the kind of cycle going on here? When you're feeling crummy, you reach for that tub of ice cream, gives you that dopamine hit. You start to feel better for a few minutes and then you feel worse, but then you start to have that roller coaster. You're feeling worse and worse and worse. Your skin's starting to break out. You're feeling bad. You reach for that tub of ice cream. It's an ongoing cycle. That's just sugar and hormones. <laughs> we could go on with so much more. But excess sugar, you know, those 23 teaspoons, can also cause your liver to freak out. 
your liver can't handle a ton of sugar being sent its way. Sure, right now your liver is probably trying to deal with that average of 23 teaspoons a day, and it's maintaining because that's what it does in our society. But that doesn't mean that it's okay. On that time that you're adding in extra, extra sugar, or if you're someone who eats more than 23 teaspoons of sugar a day, your liver might be going, um, what are you doing to me? It's not just alcohol that's going to throw your liver off. Sugar can do that too. Our body doesn't need excess sugar to make energy, so it will take anything it doesn't need for energy, which we'll get to energy in a minute, and it'll turn it into fat and store it because your liver's like, I don't know what to do with this. This is where sugar and weight loss comes in. So when you're eating those 23 to 25 teaspoons of sugar a day, if your body doesn't need it for energy in any reason, for example, if you work a desk job and you're not moving your body, you don't need that much sugar to give you energy. Your body's going to start storing it as fat. And if the consistently overeating of sugar continues, our body is going to continue to store more and more sugar as fat. Hence why too much sugar could be the reason your diet isn't working. Along with higher obesity rates comes so many other conditions such as blood pressure, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, that hormone imbalance, thyroid disorders, and more. I'm not here to scare you. That is not my intention of this podcast. I'm here to educate you on sugar and why having too much sugar in your diet is going to be a problem for your diet. I want to see you succeed, and one of those ways to succeed is to reduce the amount of sugars you're eating. And I'm not here to tell you to go cold turkey because that's not going to work. We do need sugar to give us energy, like I mentioned. You will never hear me say go on a low-carbohydrate diet because you need carbs to give you energy. Carbs is what tells your body to get moving. Carbs is what gives you energy to move your body. Carbs is what helps your brain function. However, it comes down to making the decision of the right carbs you should be taking in, the right sugars. I will forever preach fruits and vegetables above anything processed. And when you are going to reduce sugar, there's a lot of places you can start. If you are a client of mine or if you've been around on the podcast for a while, you know that food journaling is forever my favorite thing when it comes to taking health in your own hands. Researching your own body is going to give you the best insight on what sugars you should be reducing. You know we are all individual people and what works for me is different than what works for you. What you eat a day is different than what I eat a day. So I encourage you to spend three or four days tracking just your sugar numbers. How much sugar are you taking in? Where is the bulk of it coming from? I'm not saying looking at calories, don't look at fat, not carbs, not proteins, any of that. Just look at that sugar number. For reference, four grams of sugar is one of those teaspoons. So start reading your food labels and see where the sugar is coming in. Common culprits, besides the obvious sweets, are breads. Sugar is added into bread to sweeten it, and one of the biggest myths is that whole wheat bread is better for you, and it's purely because of the sugar. I have had so many people tell me, oh, well, I switched to multi-grain bread and it's so, it's, I'm doing so much better. I'm so much healthier. But then when you compare the labels of a white bread to a multi-grain bread and you start to look at the sugars, sugar was added in to make that multi-grain bread taste better. So sure, are you getting more fiber? Yes. Are you getting more sugar? 
Also, yes. <laughs> Something to keep in mind when you're doing that. Just pay attention to the labels. Things, condiments such as sauces, ketchups, dressings, etc. Pasta. Sorry, I love pasta, but it's full of sugar. Snack foods like pretzels, cereal, some kinds of chips, Cheetos, etc. And of course, there is pop or soda, whichever you want to call it. Last but not least, if you see the words low fat, most likely that means high sugar. Fats give us flavor. So when you are eating something that is low fat, they need to make it taste good. So how do they make it taste good? They add sugar. So we need to find the right balance. Do you want to eat high fat foods? No. Do you need to eat low fat foods high in sugar? Also, no. We need to find the right balance. Not low fat, not high fat, not high sugar, right in the middle. Like I mentioned, I'm not here to tell you to go cold turkey on sugar. That's not my thing and that's not something that's going to be sustainable for you. That's why I have an issue sometimes with sugar detoxes because when you do a seven day detox, what are you doing? You're thinking about the sugar you're going to eat on day eight. So you go into day eight and you inhale that donut and undo all of the work you just did. I like to take a more sustainable approach and that is small changes over time. Start making small changes to your sugar. So once you do your food log and once you spend a couple days tracking where your sugar is coming from, start figuring out what you can swap out. For example, if you eat two to three sandwiches a day and you're like, oh my God, I'm eating like eight teaspoons of sugar just from bread a day, figure out where you can start making a replacement. Use things like vegetables and fruit as that replacement. One of the things is, this has been trendy so many times on the internet, but it is so awesome and so true, is sweet potato toast. So yes, is that going to have natural sugars? Yes. Is it going to be sweet? Absolutely. However, it's going to be better for you and way more packed with nutrients than white bread toast will be. So look up a recipe for sweet potato toast. There are so many options out there. Give it a shot and that is a wonderful swap. Things like pasta. Pasta is not inherently awful for you, but if you're eating it two to three times a day, your body, it's going to add up real quick. Some good swaps are chickpea pasta or lentil pasta. Those are made with, obviously, chickpeas, beans, stuff like that. They're going to give you a good source of fiber, a good source of protein, and a low source, if at all, of sugar. Snack foods. This is the hardest one to swap out, and I know a lot of people will say, I just can't even have them in my home if I'm going to swap it out, and that's okay. Swapping out snack foods for vegetables or fruit or something that you're going to enjoy eating that's not stuffed with sugar. So like removing the pretzels from your house, removing the cereal covered in sugar, removing all of the cookies and stuff like that. Replace it with more fresh vegetables. Vegetables dipped in hummus. I would even say vegetables lightly dipped in ranch are going to be better for you than a couple bags of chips or a couple bags of pretzels. Figure out what works for you. And then there's pop, soda, whatever you want to call it. I'm from the Midwest. It's pop here. <laughs> Swap it out. Start reducing it by one every day. I have had clients come in who drink six to eight pops a day. And slowly but surely, we can wean them off down to zero. And that, again, you don't necessarily want to go cold turkey. If you are somebody who reaches for a diet Dr. Pepper 
at certain points during the day, you need to slowly back off. So instead of drinking six a day, your goal would be to drink five. And then the next week, your goal is to drink four. And slowly but surely, we start to change that habit. I could go on about habits for hours if you guys know you've been around, but that's one of those things to look out for. Over time, you should be slowly replacing your processed foods with whole food sources, such as fruits, vegetables, beans, grains, proteins, etc. You will not only notice a difference in your weight, your diet might start to work, you're going to start to see more energy, your brain fog is going to go down, your hormones are going to balance out, and your skin might clear up. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but as you spend time applying these different things we've talked about over the last few weeks as to why your diet isn't working, you're going to start noticing a difference. So, have you added up how much sugar you've had yet today? Go give that a try. As always, it's great to have you here, and if you have a chance to visit iTunes or Spotify to rate and review, I would greatly appreciate it. The more reviews you give, the more people that can find this podcast. Send it to a friend. Come check back in next week. <laughs>